What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Separation is in the Preparation podcast. Today, I'm honored to be joined by Darius Graham. DG, what's up, man? Thanks for joining hey, me. Hey, appreciate you having me. How you doing, my man? I'm good. Really, really good. Super happy that we could uh, that we could make this happen. So to start, could we have you talk a little bit about kind of what you're working on right now and how you're balancing basketball and work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, as of right now, currently I'm a free agent um, on the basketball scene. I, I work out daily when it comes to that, just staying ready um, with that. Um, but as well, I, I've always prided myself, especially coming from UC Davis, being uh, more than an athlete, um, you know, in um, understanding that there's uh, different avenues, different streams of income. You can get uh, what I like to call multiple bags. And um, what I do in and around uh, very, um, you know, um, what I say, uh, I take it very seriously is uh, uh, being a realtor. So I, I sell real estate um, in the greater Sacramento area. Um, I've been doing it. Um, I've, I've had my license since 2017, but I've been, uh, I sold my first house probably like a year later and stuff. So I've been doing it um, off and on, but very, uh, you know, I picked it up a little bit more come the end of 2019 and uh, 2020 and stuff like that. So uh, those are the two main things that I'm doing is basketball and, and, and being a realtor. For sure. For sure. Keeping you busy, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You've got a really, really cool sort of story in general versus like how you made your way from growing up in SAC to playing at Davis and then keeping playing afterwards. So can we kind of like take a sort of a, a deep dive into your, sort of your hoops journey from like leading through high school up to Davis and then kind of how you've progressed since there? Yeah, yeah. I think um, my journey, um, it doesn't it doesn't really, um, you, you can't start with my journey without, you know, talking about my father. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, you know, as well as my mom, but especially in the sports, my dad has been uh, my biggest supporter. Um, he was a, a former um, college football player. He uh, was a wide receiver at the University of Utah. Um, and just listening to the stories that he used to always talk to me about just, you know, college athletics, college sports. Um, from the time I was a little kid, it was something that I aspired to do. Um, around the time that I was in middle school, and uh, that was around that time where you weren't playing rec league basketball anymore, and you can get cut from the team, and yeah. it got a little bit more serious. My dad, you know, he kind of um, let me know. He was like, hey, man, if you want to be a uh, pretty good in this sport if you want to be especially at the college level and, and beyond um you know you're gonna to have to put in uh, work outside of just the practices that you have and you know my dad always coined the phrase it's not the warm fuzzies anymore you know everybody doesn't get a trophy um you have to work so sixth grade summer I was um exposed to um, a work ethic you know what I'm saying like with, within basketball my dad and I would um, he would take me to this hill by our house and I would run the hill. Um, I would do, you know, small little uh, lifting exercises. I would, uh, you know, do some extra workouts in and around my practices just to, you know, um, give me the confidence to know that I'm, uh, you know, working harder than, than my peers. Um, we go into high school. I uh, decided to go to uh, the powerhouse high school in the area. Um, they... Uh, had a, a track record of producing or, or just bringing out division one basketball players. And, you know, um, I definitely was, was not known going in there, but um, I put myself in the fire, right. Um, eighth grade, 
summer going into the ninth grade, um, I would go and play against, you know, high major level talent. Um, and the, the sack high coaches would just throw me out there. And I would tell you that summer was probably the hardest summer of my life. I almost quit playing basketball because they just went at me and, and you know, uh, forced me to either, you know, um, perform or, or get, get stomped on. And um, I thought that what that did was bring out a mentality into me, um, a dog um, to, to go after uh, the things that I wanted and to know that it wasn't going to be given, but I had to go and take it. And um, it was a great, great environment where all of us were getting better. You know, our games were often harder than our practice or often easier than our practices, I should say. Um, and, you know, we were getting after it. And, um, you know, even with all that, even with all the college coaches that would come into the, uh, to the gym at times and things um, leading into uh, my senior season, um, I had not a offer. Right. Not not one offer. Um, it was getting very stressful. Um, you know, again, hearing my dad talk about, you know, college sports and him not necessarily putting pressure that I had to be a division one player, but me wanting that for myself. Yeah, um, it, it was very uh, stressful at times, you know, but one thing I did was um, I kept respecting the game. I kept uh, putting that work in, um, you know, in and around practices, getting up early before school, working out. Um, going for my runs, going for my lifts after school, getting some skill work in before practice, um, you know, in and around that, you know, getting my school work in and stuff like that as well. Um, but, um, you know, the staying down and grinding, eventually uh, I play in the AAU tournament. Um, we play against some top talent and we don't win the game, but I, I very much impacted that game and uh, luckily, Coach Les was in the in the building during that time. I know you know who Coach Les is, and um, he uh, he uh, you know had some interest into me. And then a few months later, um, I, I took a visit to UC Davis, um, you know, and and I uh, and I became an Aggie and stuff. So uh, during that time, you know, Davis was I want to say I think I, I when I signed my letter of intent that season. Davis won five games, right? So uh, you talk about ground zero, it was the bottom, right? Yeah. I, I come in, um, you know, and I didn't really know much about college basketball, but one thing I wanted to do was just implement work and implement my work ethic into everybody else and infuse that that culture in, uh, with a little bit of what I did. Um, Coach Les was perfect for it because he was all about grinding and working too, which I loved. And um, in that time, we... <laughs> We were able to do some special things uh, at UC Davis. My sophomore year, going to the NIT, and then ultimately my senior year, uh, helping to lead um, UC Davis to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. Um, and it was, uh, you know, a, a great, great time to say, to say the least, uh, during that time. And you know, um, you know, it, it inevitably, you know, led to you know me going and trying to pursue a, a professional career, which which was very, um, I would say challenging to say the least, especially coming out. Um, I learned a lot about the business side of, of sports. Um, I understood a little bit in college, but it's a whole different animal when you get, you know, higher and higher. And, um, you know, it's been a, a, a crazy journey on that. And I was able to get a, a job. Um, it was actually in Washington, your hometown. It was in uh, Yakima, 
of anything. It was the middle of nowhere, but it was. It was wow, it was yeah, Yakima's yeah. out there, man. Yeah, yeah, Yakima. It's it's uh interesting. I I, I like my time there though. I like my time, but um, continuing to to you know uh, fight those battles and um, and pursue that. Uh, I've been in in spaces with some uh, high level players and been able to hold my own and in uh, thrive, which is you know continue to give me that that passion to go after it. Um, but yeah, that that's the the athletic side, um, yeah. and that that's pretty much where I am, you know, right now. Um, just like I said, you know, on my grind, and the one consistent thing that has been with me since that conversation with my dad uh, in middle school was just um, control what you can, and that's just the work that you put in, and the effort that you give, um, and you let the the chips fall where they may from from there, right? So even now. At the age that I'm at, I, I look at it as um, I choose to do what I love on a daily basis. Um, there's going to be a day where my body's not going to hold up the way that it does right now. Um, I'm not going to sit here and have the regret of, man, what if I just would have stopped and you know did this and that? No, if I love it, I'm going to continue to pursue and continue to fight for it as long as I can. You know. Yeah, well said, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, I think to me, one thing that stands out to from your sort of personal narrative is this sort of, I guess I'll call it a quiet confidence. Cause one thing I really like about you is your humility, but to maintain your confidence throughout, right. When things were going well versus when, for example, when you're in eighth grade going in to play with the varsity players and getting your butt kicked on the daily or stuff like that, or where it's situations now where you're kind of having to consistently prepare regardless of what you have lined up or what you don't. I mean, I think it speaks to, it's hard, right? I think it's easy to work when you've got, okay, I know I'm going to go here at this time and do that, but to maintain uh, that consistency of embracing the work, embracing the grind is difficult. So can you talk a little bit about sort of your strategies in terms of keeping motivation going? Cause I know at least for me, there's days when I'm wake up buzzing, ready to go, but there's other days where it's a little bit more of a grind to, to get things rolling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I guess I'll start with that. That's inevitable, right? Those days, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think one thing that I have um, embraced more is um, having that compassion for those days a little bit, a little bit more than I have in the in the past. Um, I think when you talk about the quiet confidence and um, kind of, like you said, grinding without a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. A friend of mine called it grinding in the dark, right? That, I think what I pull from just mentally is one, my past, right? Um, although this looks like a big mountain that I'm climbing right now, um, there was a point, like I said, in middle school where that was the biggest mountain that I've climbed and I overcame that with the work. Um, like I said, in high school, not having a scholarship offer and waking up every day um, continue to grind. I could have easily just said, you know, it may not be for me. Let me go to this party. Let me have fun in high school. I'm on the basketball team right now. Uh, let me just have fun with this, right? But um, I continue to, you know, make the necessary sacrifices, um, and eventually something happened, right? So I I hang my hat on that. Um, but at the same time, like like we talked about, man, it, it's it's not easy at all, right? Um, you know, there's, there's legit days where, you know, 
I start off with tears because it's like, man, I want something so bad, but um, you know, it's not here. Um, you know, there's days where, like you said, I feel like I'm invincible and it's like, man, this is the, this is it. Right. And uh, maybe next week something, something pops off and it doesn't, right. It's just the, the thing of um, holding your hat and, and, you know, falling back on a certain type of um, grind that you have, right? If there's anything, I had, a, I had to change what success was for me, right? Um, success is not the external, um, you know, thing that, that I'm like get, trying to get. Success is the ability to conquer the day, right? Yeah. And whatever that is, right? So it's like, if I get up and I run five miles, I go and lift and I go and get 250 makes and um, that's my success for today, right? Because um, I have a tendency of, of over criticizing and analyzing myself of like, and you should have shot 500 shots, you should have shot. No, no, no. It's, you know, you, you know yourself, rely on that. And then the rest of your day, the rest of your time, that's for yourself because you know that you already won, right? And I mean, in the basketball sense, it's almost like you shooting a, a game-winning shot, and let's say you miss it, right? Um, the the win, obviously, you want to make the shot, but the win is the preparation to that shot. You know, mm. you can hang your head on the fact that I've shot all these shots, right? I don't make everyone, but I put myself in position for that, and you have compassion for yourself to be like, all right, I missed this one. Um, yeah, it sucks, but the next one, um, I'm going to shoot with confidence again. Uh, because I deserve to, because that's the work that I've put in. So again, you know, when you look at the grand scale of that, right, um, I put in this work, I stay ready to keep from getting ready. And uh, when that opportunity does come, um, the preparation that I that led up to it is going to show. And yeah. that's what I will rely on. And every day that that opportunity isn't there, it's an opportunity, it's a, it's a day closer to the opportunity one, and every day that um, the opportunity isn't there, it's just a day that I lay another brick to the to the overall uh, grind. So the whole wa the walls is getting bigger. So when I show mm -hmm. it, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be like, wow, look at this masterpiece and stuff. Yeah. So that's just how I, I go about it. I mean, For sure, that's man. my mindset with it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you mentioned something that's really, really powerful, which is this idea that we as individuals control what we define as success for a day, week, period of time or whatever. Because I think like anyone like yourself who is a motivated, high achieving person, you want to be successful. Success is what's driving your work ethic, things like that. But again, to touch on something you mentioned before, sometimes the external success, awards, accolades, opportunities falls outside of the realm of what's actually in your control. And I think that realization um, to speak from my own experience was so empowering to me because I realized, look, every day, whether I'm doing schoolwork, whether I'm doing training or whatever, I can decide what success is going to look for, look like for me on that day. And once you have a clear objective set down, then it's on you to go out and do that. But yeah. if you're keeping it within your control, then all of a sudden it's just so much more empowering than when you sort of feel like you're drifting or whatever, when there's all these external factors influencing um, the outcome that you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. Kendrick Lamar, my favorite rapper, he he had a line and he said, I want the credit if I'm losing or I'm winning, right? Mm. I just want the credit. I want to own 
all of that, right? And it goes back to what you said, what you can control is what you can control. So um, I, I, I love the accountability and the ownership of that, right? I don't like to put um, my feelings or my, like I said, success into somebody else's hands. And I'll say that that only happened with experience, right? I, I didn't come out the womb thinking this way. I've obviously had my lumps and my struggles with it. And I still do, but I, uh, I strive, right? I just strive to, to be better every single day when it comes to that, yeah. For sure. And I think in that process for consistent maturation and improvement, it boils down to ownership, right? You talked about ownership of your success, but also ownership of your failures. Because yeah. I think what separates people from taking ownership of what they want to do is the fact that when they do that, when it doesn't go their way, there's nowhere to point the finger. There's no excuses to make. So it takes, honest, to be honest, it takes bravery, right? To put yourself out there and to be like, look, it's on me, whether it happens or whether it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, man, most definitely. But, you know, it's a, it's, it's great to have that type of ownership um, because when when the quote unquote success happens, right, yeah. uh, it makes it feel that much better, right? It just makes it you you have so much control over it, you have so much ownership. It just it makes the success that much more sweet. And I was able to to you know when when let's say in particular we go to the NCAA tournament, that the NCAA tournament felt so much better because I sat there and I owned the days where we didn't win that many games, where we had four or five game losing streaks, right? And instead of complaining about those, it's like, man, I got to pull myself out this hole. And I did, and I accomplished that. And it's never, and that's the thing about the external like success. It's not the, the initial thing. It wasn't the win in the Big West tournament. It wasn't the going to the NCAA tournament. It was the fact of everything that led up to that that I was so proud of, right? So yeah, man, you know, we're on the same page when it comes to that. For sure, for sure. No, I was like thinking about guests to have on. I was like, I gotta have DG on because I think we we get along really well because we see the world, um, see the world, world in a really similar way. Oh yeah, man, shoot, don't, don't get me started with you. Every time I seen you, you was working on something. Hey man, I'm headed to lift, I'm headed to the field, I'm headed to this and that, but you were always on the grind. And I appreciate that. Was, it, with all respect to to your teammates, because I know that they were working too, but I never seen you have to have somebody else to to do it with, right? Um, if somebody came, great, but if not, you were going to be on your grind. And that's another thing that that I think we aligned with is like, hey, you know, for I'm sure. gonna bring people along for sure, right? But um, you know, at the end of the day, you want to lead by the example first and foremost. Definitely. I think that that's what you did for sure. Well, I appreciate that, man. And to the listener, that wasn't just me teeing up DG to, to give me a bunch of compliments, but I'll take it either way. Um, and you talked about like having to sometimes work by yourself, even, even if your goal is to bring people along, sometimes you got to work by yourself. So I guess I'm curious, can you talk a little bit about like the point at which you decided to a get into real estate and like what that process was like kind of venturing out into an area that was a little bit newer and maybe something you didn't know as much about us like compared to who yeah well i'll say this with that right this is goes back to the the i'm bigger than athlete athletics and stuff like that more than that um i've been involved in real estate for almost my whole entire life right my mother is a uh, a realtor she's been a realtor for about 20 years and 
um, humbly saying on her behalf, she's like the Jordan in the, the Kobe of like the Sacramento area real estate. In her 20 years, she's had close to 900 transactions um, over like a, like a quarter of a billion dollars worth of like transactions and stuff like that. So she's very vetted. Um, me personally, uh, I remember going to um, like youth basketball games, rec league basketball games. And after the game, I would go, you know, with my parents to one of their rental properties and I would pick up rent and stuff like that. The cash money be put in my hand. So just that exposure, right? Of like the real estate and how you can benefit from it. And just all that has always been um, embedded in me and in the round basketball. Um, when I decided that I wanted to, I guess kind of like what you're saying, the, the, the nerve wracking part was stepping out and exposing like, okay, I'm getting into real estate because you know, as an athlete, right? When you do stuff outside of like the sport that you're in, it often makes it seem like it's a surrender to the sport that you're in, that you're not, you know, focused on it as much as you should be. Um, it's very, um, um, you know, it, it causes a lot of anxiety within within that because you don't want to, you don't want people to perceive you as, okay, I'm done doing that. But I had to get over that, um, and that's where I coined the the phrase, you know, multiple bags. You know, there, there's there's so much money to be made out here. Um, there's so many avenues. We have so much intellectual property within ourselves that um, we should expose that more, right? I look at a LeBron James, who I think this year he's going to touch like a billion dollars um, of, of revenue and stuff like that. Um, that all doesn't happen just with him playing basketball, right? He has other avenues, other things that he is, you know, uh, venturing in that allows him to get to that to that point, right? So um, I, I really stepped out within that, um, you know, doing that. And, you know, my biggest thing is, is the, the knowledge that I kind of have been, you know, raised with. Mm -hmm. I understand that not a lot of people, especially in real estate, you know, in that space, they, they know that, right? Um, especially people of color, um, you know, we, we're not, um, we don't have that type of knowledge. So my biggest thing is just to give that give that knowledge and um, in a way my my uh, getting up and working out on the real estate end is getting up and giving knowledge, right? Um, that's the mindset that I came with when I decided to become a realtor. Um, that's the, uh, the thing that I've been pointing on and I've been able to get the returns of it uh, because of that. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah that, that's just been um, how I've been going about it. The the whole idea when I decided was like I said um, the priority is hoop. Um, if a if a if a team calls me today and tells me to go out next week, you know I have the the flexibility to be able to just say all right I can you know stop being a realtor, stop selling houses, um, and and move on to that. I don't have to tell somebody that you know I want to you know quit or, or do this and that, which is good. Um, uh, so that was the plan of knowing that eventually the ball is going to stop bouncing and I have something that I could at least plant the seed and start growing so that when that does start, um, I have a seamless transition and stuff. So the, the goal was, you know, every off season to kind of like foster that in and around my workouts, 
because of COVID and because of, um, you know, just the uncertainty of a lot of teams, especially overseas, um, that offseason kind of got extended right now, uh, yeah. which has allowed for a little bit more success on that end. But uh, nonetheless, man, it's been it's been pretty solid so far. And, I, and I'm pleased with the, you know, the progress that I've made in that that field. Absolutely, man. No, I think like you talk about this idea of as an athlete or really anybody who has a strong identity centered around one specific thing and a real passion for that, the sort of emotion of uncertainty, of anxiety of when you're trying to venture and invest some time into something else is like, no, it's, it's I'm not compromising basketball by getting into real real estate. I'm actually giving myself the opportunity to be the best version of myself that I can be yeah. because I'm not limiting myself to one specific thing, right? And I think we talk about controlling the controllables. Life is always gonna try and put limits on you. So the worst thing you can try to do is limit yourself. Um, so I, I think that your ability to be honest with yourself about what you want and then what you need to do to achieve that both in basketball, but also in life in general, because I think it's an important point that you make, right? For any anybody who who makes a living based on their ability to perform some sort of athletic event eventually that journey comes to an end um yeah and i'll say that i'll say this with that too man it it actually helped my basketball and when i say that it's like and you know especially it's you know in college i've dealt with it um i continue uh, especially getting out of college right but you know you you've had those bad games or let's say like a, a bad practice or like a it's a bad workout and stuff and for the rest of that day that's all you're thinking about mm -hmm. you identify yourself with the performance that you had on the field or on the court and stuff and when I did not have you know uh the outlet um or something else to get my mind off of that it would it would eat at me right I would think about that play all day you know, especially when I got out of college, right? And I'm, you know, pursuing the grind and stuff, right? I, I don't have a homework or things like that to, to worry about. Um, I, it just would consume me, consume me so much. So then once I started to, to dive into the real estate, you know, you have to understand, or I, it made me understand that, right? Like the game of basketball does not define me. So that performance does not uh, dictate who I am as a person. And it allowed me to now compartmentalize and and it didn't it allowed me when I got back the next day or the next workout into that sport, I wasn't as um, physically, mentally and emotionally exhausted in that because I wasn't replaying it in my head. I had something else to get my mind off of it. I had a whole nother grind to be able to attack just like a, a workout and stuff. And when I'm on the court, I'm not thinking about the stresses of the real estate. When I'm on, when I'm in real estate, I'm not thinking about the stresses of the court. So it kind of gave me that balance, right? To to um, to be the best version of myself in both of those fields, you know. Yeah. No, I think that compartmentalization piece that you talk about is so key, right? For whatever you're doing in life, being able to separate things into specific little boxes and being like, it's just for me, it's a presence thing, right? Like when I'm working out, I'm working out. Yeah. When I'm investing or, or studying or researching real estate deals, I'm doing that 100%. And by being able to sort of separate your energy into these different things, you're getting the best out of yourself. Um, 
And one thing that you mentioned was your sort of passion for sharing knowledge, sharing knowledge about um, real estate and that and that process to just people in general. And through what I've seen you do on social media, like I can just personally attest to the the thought and the process that's gone into it. And I imagine like that sort of being able to share what you know with other people as a means of helping them has been really rewarding. Have there been other aspects of just working in real estate that have been, um, have really resonated with you in a positive way that maybe you didn't expect going into it? Um, yeah, I mean, it, they all kind of fall aligned with the same thing, right? My, my biggest, the joy that I get, right, especially people our age, right, is um, the, the light bulb that turns on that kind of, well, I say, like gives us the idea that we can be in ownership, home ownership right now, right? Like that's that's attainable right now, right? And because of that, it allows people's mindsets to shift like, okay, when I get this money, when I, you know, get this promotion, do this, I want to be a homeowner, right? So that's rewarding when I have, um, and again, we talk about wins, right? With wins in the day, the small wins that I have or when people hit me up and inquire about something that I've said, right? They may not even be looking for to buy a house right then, but they inquire about something that I said. That's a win for me, and that's rewarding. Um, the ultimate reward, though, has been um, I was able to um, get like a high school classmate who's my age into a home, and she was a single mother, and um, you know, just contemplating should I rent right now or should I look to buy? And you know, I, I talked to her about the pros and cons of both. And she decided that she wanted to be a homeowner and for her to go from literally uncertainty. And I want to say like four or five months later for her to not only get a house or get a condo, I should say, but to also get that condo at a great price. She came in with, I want to say, she had to put down altogether about like $800 for a three bedroom, one and a half bath uh, condo. Uh, for her and her and her son wow. and what that did was she prepared and and her preparation the return on that preparation came back tenfold because a lot of the money that she saved she didn't have to use she was able to update her property um, because of the money that she saved put it down on it and um, she set herself up for for um, being able to build for the next like five to ten years so like just to see her her joy when I gave her the keys, um, you know, from her being super uncertain to her, you know, literally in tears um, because she's a homeowner. Um, it was super rewarding. And it was something that that um, allowed me to understand, like, hey, I found a purpose within this, right? I, I had somebody that legit from looking at my social media accounts to her DMing me to then getting pre-approved to looking at houses to um, getting under contract to having the key to see that process and her go from oh my gosh I don't know what I want to do to okay let's try this I'm gonna go get pre-approved to I like this house oh we can't get this one I missed out on that one to let's try this one oh shoot I got in the contract to oh my god I got the keys like it's, it's just that process is super yeah. um it's cool. It's cool. Cause I know what the light is at the end of the tunnel, but they don't necessarily know it at like I do. Right. And to be able mm -hmm. to guide them through it is, it reminds me of like being like a point guard, you know, on, on the court, being the floor general again, because the, uh, the, uh, 
success or failure of the team, you know, for the most part, it kind of lands on that person. And uh, yeah. I feel the same way when it comes to this. Yeah. And I wonder in that process, as you're guiding through um, individuals in their, in their path to finding, finding places to live, how do you kind of manage your, your strategies and your just sort of communication so that you're sort of fitting each client, right? Because I think everybody's going to come into this situation with different needs, different desires, and just a different level of comfort. So can you talk a little bit about like how you kind of guide the people through the process and how, um, how you sort of cater what you do to each specific person? Yeah. So like, yeah, and I, I hang my hat on a lot of this with sports, right? Like, like sports has helped me so much when it comes to this, especially being, you know, in the leadership positions that I've been in um, throughout my, my sports career. And, you know, um, I'll bring it back to the real estate, but let's use um, UC Davis basketball, for example, right? It was, uh, you know, you know your, your teammates, you know each one of them, and they all have different personalities, right? Some of them you have to be stern with, some of them you have to really tell them how it is, and, you know, they, they respond that way. Some of them you have to, you know, kind of be gentle with, explain it, you know, keep your tone low and everything so that they can hear it, right? The, the whole point is that they hear what's going on. Um, some, some people shoot, I can't even talk to them. I have to have another teammate talk to them and just try to relay the message just so that they can, can understand it. But, um, you know, regardless of the field that I'm in, whether it's sports, whether it's even in this real estate, it's not understanding the person first and foremost, right? Like you just have to know what type of person that you're dealing with. You know, um, I have clients that are like, hey, I wanna know everything that's going on at every moment. I don't care how small, how big, I wanna be in the know, right? And you have to cater towards that. You have to understand that, all right, there's certain things that go on in this process that they may not know, but you still have to inform them because if they find out later on, they're gonna be upset. Um, things like that, right? There's other clients that I have that literally, they just wait for me to tell them to sign something and they just sign it, right? And like they put the trust into me to know that I'm doing my job. But like you say, everybody has a different background. Everybody comes from different backgrounds. Everybody has different knowledge of the, the business. But the biggest thing that I try to do is just, um, how do I say, um, just keep their emotions in tech because it is a very, stressful um, process of a lot of yeah. uncertainty. And the first thing that I try to do with my clients is just establish the trust to know that one, I know what I'm talking about, but then even probably even before that, that I have your best interest at heart, right? Because, you know, when you make an investment in real estate and stuff like this, it's usually the biggest investment that you make, one of the biggest investments that you make in your life. And you wanna be able to know that this person not only is trying to make a sale, uh, but they're trying to, you know, help you get the best situation. And I think that, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to my mom because of that, because, um, you know, my, my mom and my dad have positioned themselves where, you know, they don't have to, um, they don't have to, my mom doesn't have to sell a house. She, for the pet, she's been a real estate agent for 20 years, for the past 10 years, she didn't have to sell a house to have the lifestyle that she had. She does, she does it, she does it off of the, just the love of uh, the sport or the, the career. And um, because of that, um, you know, she will go to bat 
for her clients. And I learned from that. I'm like, all right, it doesn't mean, if it means that I have to sacrifice some of my commission for that person to get this house, then we'll do that. If it means that, um, you know, we're trying to shave off a couple of hundred dollars um, from this, doesn't mean, if it means, you know, just, just various stuff. If it means that, you know, it may not benefit me per se, but it will benefit the client, um, you know, I want them to know that I will go to that extent for you, right? And knowing that it's a long game. Um, if I treat them with respect, if I treat them with that decency, um, one, they'll be happy and satisfied. And every single time that they go and talk to somebody else about real estate, they they will you know go back to that, right? You know, with, with anything, we have teachers, we have people that we've played with. Um, we, you know, even our relationship right here, it's, it's not more so what we did, but it's how we make people feel, how they make mm -hmm. you feel, right? And if you feel that you're um, in good hands and uh, with a person that knows what they're doing and, and is looking out for you, um, that's just the biggest thing that I try to relate. And it's a long process. You know, some people trust easier than others when it comes to that and rightfully so. But I have to, with knowledge and just with, you know, uh, understanding their needs, I show them uh, day in and day out uh, in the in the process, in the transaction. Yeah. I mean, so much of what I hear you talking about there is trust, right? And then there's the power of relationships. And I think your incredible, incredible ability to build strong relationships is based on your approach to how you approach each person that you interact with, understanding that people come from different places with different wants, needs, desires. So I'm wondering, how do you kind of balance, um, and we can incorporate basketball a little bit into this as well. How do you balance times when your approach hasn't worked with maintaining that consistency and trust in your approach? So I guess in other words, you you alter things at all based on adversity and how do you kind of walk the line between staying true to the way that you do things because i know you're so rooted in in trusting and grinding through the work but also in interest of being your best self right how do you adapt and change um based on based on what you've learned um i, I mean that's a good question that's a real good question and i think that uh within that it's, it's all like case by case scenarios right mm -hmm. there's there's you know like i said in both both basketball and in, and in business right you have to kind of trust your instincts when it comes to to those type of things right um like i said you know i i'm always there for a client i'm always there for it whether it's a teammate or stuff like that but first and foremost i'm always there for myself right i'm always um looking out for me and looking out and choosing what i want to do at all times, right? You you know when, let's say, um, a person is looking to take advantage or looking to do stuff, um, you know, not, um, how I say, not uh, in the best light. Mm -hmm. And from there, you know, you have to adjust, right? You have to be able to say like, okay, now this isn't um, what I want. And, and again, I'll say, even when the real estate, because of the way that I've prepared myself, in, in both uh, basketball and, and um, in real estate, I, I put myself in a position to choose who I wanna work with as well, right? Um, if it doesn't fit, that's fine. I, I 
don't do this stuff for the money per se, right? It's great to make money, but I will, you know, I put myself in a position to be able to pass up on opportunities that may not uh, be helpful for not only myself, but for the client, right? If that client mm -hmm. just doesn't um, mesh with me well in that type of way, there's no, there's no love lost when it comes to that. Um, I just may not be the person. But again, that goes back to just confidence in, in, in general with myself. I know myself, I know what I provide to the table. I know what I give um, in terms of a, a product. And if you don't want that product, then it's not for, it's just not for you, right? And that's fine, right? And it's the same thing when it comes to, even in this basketball journey, right? Um, I look at it as, I know that I am, you know, I have a track record of, of being a winner. Um, every situation that I've gone to, I've left in a better situation than it, than it was. Um, I know I'm a value. I know I'm a good point guard. I, I you know, in this and that. Um, if teams do not choose to uh, to be with me, or they're not, um, you know, they're they're not they're a little skeptical about it, and uh, they choose to go another direction, that doesn't change the fact that I'm a winner. I'm a good point guard. I'm this and that. It's just the fact that you decided not to uh, go that route. And yeah. no, I'm still confident in the fact of, all right, they just missed out on their opportunity as opposed to me missing out on the opportunity and stuff. So I don't know if that answers the question per se, but but that's how I how I maneuver through that. No, I mean, no, that's awesome, man. I think like to hear you talk about how your sort of confidence is rooted in this certainty of self, right? You've done the hard legwork of looking at yourself honestly and piecing through the bad, the good and the whatever, and being like, look, this is who I am. And regardless of what somebody says about me or the opportunities that they give to me, whether they want to work with me or not, that doesn't change who I am. Um, I think that's really, really powerful, right? Because for so many people uncertain with uncertainty comes fear, anxiety, stress. And so to be able to root yourself in certainty, so you're certain in who you are as a person, um, provides you with a lot of confidence. And I imagine like that's been, as you've kind of touched on, it's been super valuable in, in the basketball process just because there's so much uncertainty over when the opportunity is gonna come. And kind of along those lines, you've talked a little bit about how you manage that mentally, but I'm curious from a training perspective, how do you kind of try and periodize preparing your body, maintaining your body for an opportunity that doesn't have like a set start date? Yeah, um, that that has been like the most difficult, right? Because you kind of have to like, um, you the work and the rest, right? You kind of have to like, you know, um, because you don't have that type of goal or that type of like season approaching or things like that for me right now. Um, I've had to really just listen to my own body when it comes to that, right? Um, I, I, again, back to myself and rooted. I know that I have a work ethic that's pretty, pretty up there, right? Yeah. So uh, to hang my hat on that, I know that when I feel like, okay, I'm doing good, I'm good. If I need a, a rest day, I need a rest day and all that type of stuff. As well as, you know, I, I, I still work out with trainers. I have people that are able to, you know, kind of guide me and push me when it comes to that. But um, it has definitely been, um, you know, very maintenance oriented, at least right now, because of the uncertainty. It's like, all right, I, I have chosen mentally to make this a lifestyle. This is what I'm going to do. 
work out these days, these days, rest these days, and just keep it like that, right? And, um, you know, it's been difficult at times, you know, um, I think the hardest part is when you do take that long break, the, okay, am I slacking? Am I, you know, not working hard enough? Am I doing this and that? But, um, you know, it's all necessary. The, the things that I try to do is just make small goals, just small progressions, whether it's in like the skill work of my game or whether it's like my physical body, it's like, all right, let me um, shave off a few seconds of my mile. That's what I'm striving for this week. You know, let me um, have this percentage shooting. That's what I'm striving for this week. All right, let me try to add five more pounds onto my lift. That, that's, that's what I'm striving for. Um, and those little carrots that I try to chase is the thing that kind of get keeps me uh, motivated in that type of way. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that from just an athletic standpoint, that process of, again, it comes down to being able to be honest with yourself, be honest with how you're feeling. And it's hard, right? I mean, there's this term cognitive dissonance, right? With when what you do doesn't line up with the way that you feel, the way that you think. So it's hard from a training perspective when you when you feel like you should be training, but you don't train because your body feels bad, right? Yeah. And I think to me, it, cir it circles back to being confident in yourself, in your work ethic, being like, look, I don't need to second guess myself about, Am I doing the right things? Because no, I do things the right way. That's, that's kind of who I am. Um, but again, it's easier said than done, especially when there's such a, when there's so much uncertainty and such a big gap of time, it can be hard to just be like, all right, I'm going to go hard every single day. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And I, and trust me, I, I've, I've been that guy, you know, that, that has burnt out and kind of just like went hard, especially, um, especially early, you know, when I got out of college, it was like, all right because I'm in this situation, it must mean that I'm not working hard enough, right? It must mean that I'm not, I gotta go harder, right? It was times where I was doing legit four workouts a day, like hard ones. I'm talking about yoga in the morning, basketball workout, uh, rest, another basketball workout, lift after that and stuff like that. And then, you know, cramping up because I'm, I'm exerting myself yeah. a little bit too much, right? Um, but you know, I, I had to learn then, you know, there's a difference between working hard and working smart and you got to work smart because, you know, you can definitely confuse activity with accomplishment. And, you know, I just had to balance that. And like you said, be honest and and figure out, you know, when to go hard and when to, to ease up. And, you know, I think when you when you do that and kind of maintain when you do have a little inkling of, you know, a possible situation happening, you can adjust accordingly. But. I always say it's easier to do that and have something, you know, there's going to be a gap, especially, you know, when I get back to playing, there's going to be a, a just a, a gap in terms of game speed, timing, all that. Sure. But the thing I'm trying to do is just shorten that gap as, mm -hmm. as much as possible right now. No, I love what you said. You can, that you can easily confuse activity with accomplishment. So I think, for me personally, the hardest thing to realize is like sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. It's not do yoga. It's not stretch. It's literally like sit down or lie down um, and do nothing. And I think for like young athletes out there listening, that's a really, really key point. And I wonder, I mean, that's a huge thing just in and of itself, but is there other, other things that you wish that you could share with yourself as whether it's a high school or when you were just first starting out at Davis that you could maybe alter or add to the way that you prepared or recovered um, back then? 
Yes, yes, man. I mean, I think we all have those. Man, Definitely. I, I could have did this. I think the first thing, and it, it's, it probably sounds like super like simple or whatever, but I would have told myself, especially walking into them first days at Davis, is just commit to meditation every day. Just mm-hmm. meditate, meditate for five to 10 minutes every morning when you wake up, right? And the reason I say that is just because, um, you know, you know, I, I do it often now. I'm like almost like 150 days straight of at least, you know, 10 minutes of meditation. And it, you know, allows you, you spend those first days looking within, being within yourself, knowing yourself, seeing yourself and accepting everything that goes around it, right? It, it's kind of like the anchor to my day, right? There's times where, you know, um, you know, and I know you've been, uh, you felt that before where you're kind of like trying to chase the day. You're like mm-hmm. trying to catch up to the day. You're, you wake up and you're already behind. You wake up and you got to head to go get breakfast, head to go get to class. You got practice coming up and stuff. And I think that, you know, me taking that time and, and setting myself within that, it allows me to now have a sense of like a zen of focus in every little thing that I do. So it's like, all right, I'm done meditating all right, let me go and head to practice. All right, this is practice time. Let me just be here. All right, practice is over. Let me go on to the next thing, right? It, that compartmentalization I was talking about, it, it really yep. stems from, from, you know, just being able to meditate because the only thing that you do within meditation is focusing on the ins and outs of your breath. You notice the distractions that you have, the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions that come up and you look at it like a cloud in the sky and just let it fly by right and it kind of leads into the next thing of you know I was I was a real big um, presser I pressed on on everything I did I was always thinking about the the sport of basketball um, with everything that I did and I'm always thinking about like the future uh, of that right and it kind of took away from the present moment of literally being a a college just being in college and stuff and I think that um, the, the pressure, the lack of, um, grace that I gave myself of saying, all right, Darius, you've worked hard, celebrate, you've worked hard, get away from it, you know, hang out with some friends, go to this place, you know, just, just do that. Obviously not going crazy with it, but you, you need those times to just decompress to it. it ultimately, I feel if I allowed myself more, you know, just unbiasedly, un, um, you know, without just, just feeling good about myself in that sense, mm-hmm. it would allow me to focus even better and um, achieve more um, personal success um, during that time, right? Um, you know, we always try to be like, well, I'm an athlete. I'm supposed to be working out this time. My mind's supposed to be on this all the time after the game, I'm supposed to think about this, this and that. And it's like, no, you're supposed to be yourself. That's all, that's all it is, right? You, you being yourself is good enough. And um, don't beat yourself up for wanting to, you know, have those type of things and, and do those type of things, but also um, hold yourself accountable for, okay, this is what you want to do. This is what you, what you want to be. Don't go overboard when it comes to that. But um, yeah, those are the two things, honestly, just having more, you know, more meditative time, more time within to start the days and this, I guess, having more grace 
um, with the things outside of sport to help me with that. And again, you know, you know me, um, that's coming from a person that like legit grinded all the time. So yeah. I'm not telling the person that's kind of half in, half out, you know, giving them an outlet. No, I'm talking about the person who has, you know, was 10 toes down on, on making things happen, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of, kind of give yourself that compassion, give yourself that grace. So 100% man. No, I hear you talk about like giving yourself credit. And to me, what I think about is narrative, right? Because we all have a personal narrative that we're telling ourselves. And I think people like you who are so motivated, such hard workers, you, you're, you're literally 10 toes down on making progress, grinding every day. It can be hard to not have that narrative skew towards the negative, right? Because you're always trying to turn the negative into a positive as somebody who's trying to improve. But ultimately, that's not a that's not the, that's disingenuous, right? That's not your genuine narrative. And to, I love what you said, right? You're not supposed to be this, that, or that. you're supposed to be yourself, right? Yeah. But to be yourself, you have to tell yourself the true story about what you're doing. And that means celebrating the good and also working on the bad. So yeah. that balance is, is, is so crucial. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So yeah, I wish I could have uh, told myself that. And for anybody that that's, that's, you know, looking at this and you know, striving to to get to the the spaces that we've been, um, understand that you know, I guess you know if you talk about the alchemist, the book, the alchemist is like the the journey is the destination. Yeah. So take the time to to look at the journey and to embrace all that the that the journey entails. Right. Like you said, the good, the bad, the the laughs, the tears. Like, give yourself that breath and just be in it. Just be in it all the way. Right. Don't think about what happened before. Don't think about what's happening next. Just just be right here. And that's one of the easiest things. That's that's, that's probably the easiest thing said and the hardest thing to do. <laughs> like ever. Yeah. But, yeah. And I but I think like that other point that you touched on, the meditation is so key in allowing yourself to be present. And you have to train that. You have to train that ability. Um, so I'm really happy that you mentioned that because both those things they they mesh together so well and they go together in tandem so well. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, you've already shared so, so much awesome material and kind of, as we get close to wrapping things up, I want to kind of give you the floor one last time. Is there anything that you want to share or, or, or wish that you could have spoken a little bit more about? Um, that is not necessarily anything that I haven't already said. I guess I just want to reiterate, yeah. um, the fact of, um, what I say, like, know what your wins are, know what your small wins are, strive for the small wins daily, right? The, the little, the little bricks that you put together are going to make the, the big wall, right? And um, when it's in anything, you know, that you're doing, right? You are yourself and you put yourself into different scenarios, whether that's in sports, whether that's in business, whether that's in relationships, whether that's in anything, you bring yourself to that table. So work within, and when you do that, then the results outside will show, right? So, um, and, and give yourself that, uh, I guess be brave to, um, to put yourself in those spaces, to be yourself into impact within that way, right? When I was a, you know, a sophomore in college, I would have never thought that I would have been doing real estate at any time in my life, even with my parents, you know, being in it like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was scary when I got into it, but um, I had to soon realize that no, uh, 
I am success. I Darius am success. And when I put my mind to it, I will be as successful as I am on the sports side and, and anything else. And it takes time, you know, it's not easy, but um, if you go at it every day and be the best version of yourself every day, um, good things will happen, you know, for sure. Yeah. Well, shoot, man. I, there's no better way to end it, end it than with the, than with those wise words. So DG, man, thanks so much, bro. This has been, uh, this has been incredible. No, I appreciate it, man. And keep doing your thing, man. I appreciate you having me on here. Um, I salute you for everything that you do. Um, continue to be the person that you are because but you've always been a good dude, always been a hard worker, and you are reaping the the fruits of your labor for sure, man. It's super, inspi super inspiring, uh, inspirational, um, and yeah, man, the best is yet to come for Wallace. I know that. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I know it's true for you too, bro. All right, man. Take care. All right, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Separation is in the Preparation podcast. If you liked it, please do your best to share it with someone else who might enjoy it. As always, you can reach us on Instagram at the sep is in the prep. Or if you'd like to contact me directly, I can be found on all social media platforms under the handle at Wallapse11. Thanks and take care. <laughs>